Welcome to Focus on Success with Fazia Costi. Our program is designed to help you with executive function challenges. Our guest experts offer perspective, experience, and ideas to improve different aspects of your life. Now, here is your host, Fazia Costi. Good morning. I'm Fazia Costi, and I'm an executive function coach in Arizona. And today we have an amazing uh, guest by the name of Christine Medianic. Um, She's joining us from uh, Salem, Oregon, or right around that area. (laughs) She is um, an amazing uh, person. um, I have not uh, known her personally, but professionally, I've been following her for a very short time, and and I've really been impressed with what I've seen, so I've decided to have her on our show and talk a little bit about what she does. Um, She's been digging deep into people, personalities, and motivation for many years. Uh, both in her own business, as well as growing Renovation Medic with her talented husband. In the last decade, Dr. Medianic has impacted thousands of students through classroom engagement and program development as a faculty member and program administrator. She loves to showcase the intersection of what does the book say, and this is what I really, this is what it really looks like in real life. Students for students engaging in business and and psychology concepts for the first time. She's also a professor at Corbin University and I can't even pronounce this, but it's Chimacata (laughs) Community College. So welcome, uh, Dr. Medianic. How are you today? I'm really well. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, I'm really looking forward to talking to you because I think you have some amazing things to share. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, feel free to share whatever whatever you feel comfortable sharing. Yeah. So I am what some may call a serial entrepreneur, um, but I also am really deeply engaged in education. I think entrepreneurship and education are key factors in changing the trajectories of our families and our communities. Um, I have been teaching for 13-ish years now. Um, I fell into education accidentally and really fell in love with it. Um, At that point in time, I recognized that I was going to need to go finish my doctorate or get my terminal degree to have any mobility in my career teaching. Um, So I went back and I got my doctorate in business with a specialty in industrial and organizational psychology. Um, I get jokes about that. Oh, can you come? Can you come organize my closet? Um, but that is <laughs> not what organizational psychology is. Uh, organizational psychology focuses on leadership, change management, motivation, and really assessing people doing good work in the workplace. Um, so I do a lot of work in that space now, specifically with shattered glass leadership. I run women's leadership retreats to work on women's professional development. What you, what got you started with working with women? What specifically prompted that? Usually some event happens with somebody which gets them started. What happened for you? Yeah. So have you heard of COVID? Um <laughs> So um, I originally was people of purpose consulting um, and I opted to rebrand really over the last year as I recognized myself as a mom 
of three boys. I have three boys. Um, how much I was struggling to juggle everything. Um, the, the everybody home all day, every day, the three gajillion corn dogs on a daily basis. Um, <laughs> and managing my career, um, my husband's business. And I thought this is so much. And I, I felt like I was just barely keeping my head above water. And I consider myself a highly resilient take names, kick butt kind of woman. Um, and then I started to talk to a lot of other women that were just going, I, I'm, I'm going to crack. I just don't know if I can make it through this. Um, so it really became evident when I started looking at the numbers, you know, 4.2 million women based on at least one set of information left the workforce due to the burden of care. And it's anticipated that their careers will take longer to recover than their male counterparts. So it really became important to me that I helped them recognize and take time for that reflection and that goal setting and assessing, am I on track? Um, I feel like we spend so much time nurturing others and caring for others. It's hard for us to get above the horizon and check to see what track we are on and, and if it matters to to our souls, right? Does the work we are doing bring us joy? Because sometimes we're just so busy caring for others. We're just plowing through on a day-to-day basis without any time to go. This doesn't look like what I dreamed of. This doesn't look like where I want to be. It's not on track to be where I want to be. Um, So I spent spent time developing a really action-packed, research-based Um, retreats that also allow women time to reflect and laugh and set some goals. Um, And it's been really, it's been really powerful. And and at one point, I I do want to talk about the retreats more specifically, but before we get to that, I want to talk about your definition of what leadership means. What does leadership mean to you? So, yeah, that's a great question. Leadership is a concept that I think is important to recognize is is in place for us in our homes, in our community work, and in our business environments. I do not believe that leadership has to have a formal title. I think that leadership is actions that positively influence those around us and us allow others to grow into their best selves. Um, My little brother, he he faced a cancer battle several, uh, about seven years ago, he was diagnosed and we lost him in 2016 to osteosarcoma. Mm-hmm. But during, Sorry to hear that. Well, thank you. Um, during his battle, he recognized that the only time that he felt better was when he was taking time to care for other people facing similar challenges. And that is the epitome of leadership that is what leadership is. It is rising above hard circumstances and creating something that positively influences somebody else. He created an organization called Cancer Can't, and really the work that they have done has been so impactful to their community, and he just really has inspired me so much. That's awesome. One of the questions that I was going to ask you is, what are the important qualities of a leader? And it sounds like your brother had those qualities. Um, so that that's amazing. What is, 
how does that relate to your business shattered glass leadership? What is glass? What is shattered glass leadership all about? So shattered glass is that concept of glass ceilings, right? And and women overcoming the barriers in our careers and the limitations in our careers. Sometimes that means creating joy in our leadership that is not based on our organizational limitations, right? Based on the the organizations we are in. Um, And so it's about overcoming all barriers that impact our ability to have meaningful, impactful um, interactions with our communities and our organizations. Um, We work on concepts related to growth mindset, outward mindset. We do personality assessments. Um, We talk about the language of leadership and the language and motivation. Um, and, And then we really dig into where do I sit in all of those spaces to to see where I can grow. Is there spaces in emotional intelligence with self-management or self-awareness that I need to sort of reflect on and take some time to adjust in my perspective so that I can have my more joy and I can have a more positive impact on those around me? Wow. Okay. So we talked about leadership, but how does leadership and reflection come together? How, how are those two related? Well, a good leader, um, a good leader that is actively engaged in their leadership practice is going to rise above their day-to-day activities, and they're going to check on uh, the climate of how people are reacting to their leadership, how they feel in their leadership practice. They are going to set those goals. That reflection time is critically important to goal setting. Um, and goals need to be specific. They need to be intentional. A, a, a poorly devised leadership practice means we're just plowing through day to day, right? Like we're just we're just giving orders and we're making things get done or we're asking a lot of questions, but we're not ever engaging in the vision of what it looks like three months from now and six months from now and a year from now so that we can assess, again, if we're on track maybe not even just for our own leadership practice, but is our team on track? Does our team have what they need to be successful? Are we engaging our teams in capitalizing on their strengths? Or are we simply barking orders at people and and deflating their, their own motivation and strengths practices? Can you give me an example of maybe what a day looks like for you um, as a leader? What 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 does your day look like from the time you get up to the time you go to bed? Oh, that's a hard question. It depends on if it's. I mean, I'm sure it's exhausting. <laughs> and, oh, you know, and summer break has always been a really stressful time for me. I struggle. I, I am a normal human. I am a mom, like I said, of three boys. Um, summer break is stressful because there is so many meals that have to be made. Um, So I get to spend less time digging into my own goals. I get to spend less time looking at content and research and thinking about that next concept that comes together into a really meaningful workshop. Um, But right now, my my day-to-day looks like getting online, spending some time with people like you, um, 
managing or modifying my retreat materials. And right now I am spending time building a leadership challenge that will launch on October 1st in honor of my brother, which was his birthday. Nice. Um, And I try to carve out four hours midday when it's really hot um, to spend time with my, my youngest. He is home all day. And I find that if I carve that time out, then I don't feel distracted. I don't feel like I'm having to, choose between work and him. Um, and then when my husband gets home, I often get back on the computer for a little while to, to get back to work on a few, a few things that are important to me. Um, and somewhere in all of that, I am usually teaching students as well. So you have a pretty full day. And, and the reason why I wanted you to share that is because I think a lot of women can relate to that. They may not think of themselves in a leadership role, but they are. I absolutely believe the work we do in our homes absolutely means we put on that leadership hat. Um, we are we are growing children. We are intentionally impacting the community um, organizations that we interact with, whether you're headed down to the Children's Museum or you are running the youth group or you are putting on a bake sale, like that mom hat is vast and it is... It is difficult to juggle all of that. Um, And we all have different skills and strengths in doing that. So I think taking that time to reflect is so important in that space. I I actually see that as uh, as a very serious leadership role because you are modeling leadership to your children. And Mm -hmm. that is essentially you are their teacher. you You are the schoolhouse. So that's a very, uh, very valuable experience for kids. Um, Tell me a little bit about the Leadership Challenge um, retreat that's coming up October 1st. So that is, that is asynchronous. That's going to be a virtual activity. Um, It will be an e-course and it has five modules. Each module will contain two challenges that really force you to dig into self and then expand into team. Um, so, so what am I doing? How am I feeling? Where have I been successful? And then it will jump into now, how do I positively influence my team? Um, and every activity is a guided activity. But again, that's online. So people all over the country could um, engage in that. So my retreats, my local retreats are harder to engage in if you're not geographically close to the mid Willamette Valley, but um, this would be something anybody could participate in. How, how would how would somebody register for that? Yeah, so it's not launched yet on the website, but soon it will be. And you would go to my website, shatteredglassleaders.com, and you would sign up through the retreats or events link, um, which would take you through Eventbrite eventually. It'll be integrated. Yeah, so I um, I actually connected with uh, Dr. Medianic on um, LinkedIn, and that's where I found out about her wonderful retreat. So would that be an option for people as well to maybe connect with you on Facebook or, or LinkedIn? Is, is that an option or do you prefer that they just go directly to your website? No, I would love for people to connect through social media platforms. We engage in a lot of um, dialogue with um, women that have had positive impacts on the their the communities they they um, are part of. So we try to include educational content, but you can find us on LinkedIn, 
both personally and I have a company page. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Shattered Glass Leadership dot uh, Shattered Glass Leadership and on Instagram at Shattered Glass Leaders. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I, I think, you know, if this is a direction that you want to go, um, feel free to reach out to Dr. Medianic. I think she'll be an awesome resource. Um, so what exists for women outside of um, a reasonable t- uh, travel zone or if they're unable to travel? Yeah. So as I mentioned, we're going to be launching that asynchronous leadership challenge. Um, but we also are hoping to modify the retreats to be virtual events. I'm doing some work right now to figure out what that looks like exactly. I don't know about everybody else, but I have missed connecting in person. I miss people. Even as an introvert, I miss that engagement in intentional settings. Online's just a little bit different. And the content in my retreats to modify it to be valuable online is just taking a little bit of intentional thought on my part. So um, stay tuned because I anticipate we'll be offering um, a virtual version that will look a little bit less retreaty because there's not brownies. I can't, I can't fax you a brownie, um, <laughs> but you would have the option to do a, do it more in a workshop, an online workshop style that probably would last over several weeks for a couple hours each week. Um, Cause I think that four hours on zoom is torture. I, I agree with you. I, I think four hours on Zoom probably is torture. And there's definitely something to be said for an in-person retreat. I, I think that is um, the ultimate situation. If you're going to do a retreat, do it in person. But I also understand that COVID has played a big role in how we do bit how we do business these days. So Absolutely. I completely understand the transformation to online. Um, what you know, how, how do you think that impacts people at work? Um, you know, now that so many women are working from home, what are some things that maybe the we can do in the workplace so that when things go back to normal, um, we have a better sense of how how things will look like? Well, I sure wish we knew what normal or the new normal was going to look like, right? We have an ongoing, we ha- we're just living in an ongoing state of flux. Um, so one of the things I had a retreat just this last weekend and the women came away saying, not only did I get a lot for myself, but I understand the people around me better. And I have a better understanding of how to communicate and engage with my team members, um, which makes us more effective. I think as we continue to be a virtual workforce or a virtual first workforce or a hybrid workforce, all those things are really being talked about a lot. Community and creating community becomes more important in an intentional effort. I believe that women need community. Um, I think that it fills part of our soul. And so this creates that opportunity to connect in person or develop some skills with like-minded humans that, that allow you to be a better version of yourself in a really safe space and explore some content or ideas that have been challenging for you or spaces where you think, I dropped the ball on that for a minute, right? Um, some of this content mm-hmm. has even changed the way I parent my teenagers. And mm-hmm. even though it's stuff that I've known for years, 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 getting back into it at just the right time has made me go, how did I forget? 
how did I forget to incorporate that into my parenting strategy so that I'm not giving away my joy all the time? Because teenagers are hard. Yes. Yes, they are. <laughs> I, yeah, my my kids are in their 20s now, so I... Um, you made it through then. I feel like I graduated. Like when my youngest turned 18, I, I actually felt like I graduated. Like I, I'm like, I made it through. They lived. <laughs> and they're still alive. And <laughs> they're functional and, and, you know, it's a good thing. So um, tell me more specifically about why somebody would want to join um, one of your retreats. Like if somebody wanted to travel to Oregon and join you for one of your retreats, how many days is the retreat? How, how is it structured? What, sure. what would they need to know um, in order to participate in this, uh, in these wonderful retreats? Yeah. So I have two venues currently. One of them is about 20 minutes outside of Northeast Portland. Um, and it's on a floating home. So it's a really special, very intimate venue. I only host five women at a time in that venue. Um, I include all the food, all the time to connect and all the materials, Um, the venue here in the Salem area, I can host up to 15 women at a time, but those numbers alone make it possible for us to be really intentional about our dialogue. Everybody gets to speak. One of the women this last weekend came up to me and said, I can't tell you how much I appreciate how safe this space was and how comfortable this space was. Um, Not only does it feel warm and welcoming, it feels like a home. Side note, it is my home. I have converted parts of my home to a retreat venue. Um, She said, but I also felt really safe to share difficult things. And there have been times in my life where I have struggled with that because I have worried that people will judge or laugh or think I'm not good enough. And I think that resonates with a lot of women. I think that is a thing that a lot of us hold in our hearts and we have to work to say, I don't have to own that. And the space that I've created allows women to really decompress, really think through these ideas intentionally. And again, leadership research based, right? So I'm not it's not wooey, it's not foo-foo, it's really intentional content that incorporates laughter and connection. And like I said, brownies, um, (laughs) which is probably one of my favorite parts. Um, We also have a sticker bar and I had no idea how popular the sticker bar was going to be, but I have gift bags for all the women and I include honey from our own local hobby, from our own hobby farm and stainless steel mugs and then vinyl waterproof stickers that are really motivational and really lovely um that like this is my favorite place and love myself and feeling accomplished and I ask the women to add the stickers to their mug all weekend and then they get to take that home with them full of affirmations and full of um motivational words and encouragement. And then they remember that time that they spent investing in themselves. The venues are both overnight venues. So you can, it is absolutely possible to fly into Portland and um, 
get into town and make yourself comfortable and just stay overnight. Um, I'll be adding the option to stay a second night because we end kind of late on the second day. So people can do an add-on if they need to fly out the next morning. Um, But I've worked really, really hard to create a space that says, you are safe here. Um, We move through a lot of different seating areas, both inside and outside, because I think that fresh air and the we have hundred year old big oaks surrounding us. And so it's just a really peaceful, peaceful environment to, to reflect. Yeah, it sounds absolutely amazing. What are, what are some of the topics that you cover um, during the retreat? Yeah, so we, con- we cover content around self-efficacy and growth mindset. Do I believe that I'm capable of these things? I have a personality assessment that I have developed. And so that's a really fun activity. Um, we overlap motivation language with personality types, which is really fascinating when you start to go, oh, that's why my husband drives me nuts sometimes. Um, <laughs> or my kids, so, right? Yeah. So not only are, are they learning about themselves, but they're learning about the people around them. Yeah. I mean, one of the other women just this last weekend said, can I, can I come back with my husband? Can I, it would be really great if he learned some of this stuff too. Um, So it's really powerful information. And we talk about um, outward outward leadership and the concepts around collusion. Um, We cover, um, we actually watch a movie that asks people to dig into what they saw in those characters in really difficult times. And that's part of one of the evening activities as we have popcorn and brownies. Um, And I talk a lot about our two selves and that thinking and doing self in relation to executive function brain and when we are in our survival mechanisms um, and what that looks like and how that shows up in the workplace and in the people and, and how we behave with the people around us when we are in those two spaces. Wow, it sounds absolutely amazing. Um, would you be willing to give out that contact information again for our listeners should they want to join one of your retreats? Yeah, so you can go to the website at www.shatteredglassleaders.com. You can also uh, follow us on Facebook at Shattered Glass Leadership, and you'll see all of the invites to all of the retreats going forward. Absolutely amazing. And when is your next retreat? Um, I have one next weekend. There's only one seat left in that one. And then I have a couple minis in September. And then I have another one in October as well. I'm looking at adding one more, though, at late September. Awesome. So if you're looking for a wonderful um, retreat, uh, learn a little bit more about yourself, uh, check out um, Shattered Glass Leadership. I think I think that's going to be absolutely amazing. Um, I, I think what you do is absolutely amazing. And I think giving women this power back is, is just an incredible gift that, um, that you are giving them with your information that they're giving themselves by going to your retreats. I think it's awesome. So I... Um, I actually have um, a couple things that I want to share with our uh, listeners before we go to break. Um, I'm launching Executive Function Magazine this coming January, January of 2022. If you're interested in getting a copy of that magazine, please feel free to go to my website, executivefunctioncoachaz.com, and you can register there. Um, It is an online quarterly magazine. 
And uh, we have some amazing um, people lined up as far as writers and, um, you know, featured article is going to be um, Patty Hewlett, who actually was on our show uh, a couple weeks ago. And she has a phenomenal story about her recovery through um, her, her brain injury. So if you'd like to get a copy of that magazine in January, feel free to go once again, executivefunctioncoachaz.com. And we will be back in just a couple minutes and we'll talk some more with Dr. Medianic. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you are struggling with organization, time management, or other executive functions, Bozzi Acosti is ready to put you on the path to success. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com. Bozzi works with in-person clients at her Phoenix, Arizona office or with clients anywhere across the country remotely. Mention that you heard this ad from the Focus on Success radio show and receive a free initial consultation with Fazia, plus $50 off an intake evaluation, a $300 value. Visit executivefunctioncoachaz.com or call 480-648-1122. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Focus on Success. To reach Fozzie Acosti or her guest on the live show, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Fazia at Executive Function Coach AZ.com. Now, back to Focus on Success. Hi, welcome back. So, I'm Fazia Costi, and today we are talking with Dr. Christine Medianic. She is the owner of Shattered Glass Leadership, and she has some amazing retreats coming up soon. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more with uh, Dr. Medianic about um, uh, basically several different things over the next half hour. Um, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about um, some of the generational challenges that you might be dealing with because of all the online issues that we're having because of COVID. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So, you know, I've, I spent a lot of time digging into millennials um, when I was doing my dissertation work. Um, and what I found really interesting as we have moved through time um, is people still talk about millennials like we are, you know, these young adults. But millennials are ap- approaching 40 at this point <laughs> in time. Um, and, you know, what is so interesting is the things that they were saying 10 years ago with flexibility and infrastructure needing to be in place 
had we adapted to some of that instead of saying you're just too demanding, more organizations would have been comfortable making this switch to a more virtual world um, without it being so panic ridden. Um, A lot of organizations didn't have the infrastructure in place to really allow people to be successful in making the move in the pandemic to working from home. Um, You know, you have to have VPNs, you have to have uh, phone options, the VoIP options, and, and there's all kinds of technical things that go into being able to work from wherever, which really is what millennials were saying um, early on, right? We, there's no reason right. I need to work at this space when this tiny little cute box closes and can go with me and has all of the things on it that I need. Um, <laughs> but... Now we're talking about millennials sometimes still when really we're talking about the young adults in the workplace, which is really Gen Zs. Um, Gen Zs have had far more access to social media. Um, They have had more access to those, uh, those different kinds of relationships, the different growing up differently. Um, And, and now they're going to see some, the, the later Gen Zs that maybe are finishing up high school being forced into the online environment uh, might have some resistance to being forced into working remotely or um, being told how to do work. We're seeing, we've seen an uptick in the number of tax ID numbers registered. So more and more people, more and more young adults are looking to run their own businesses. Um, so we're going to see some major shifts in the workplace in the coming years. What do you think the future expectations will look like? Um, I think the organizations that are not adopting at least hybrid work environments are going to lose significant amount of talent. Um, Now, when I say a hybrid work environment, that is being defined mostly by the flexibility to work in an office or remotely. I think it's completely reasonable for organizations to say, I want you to have... I want you to be within 90 minutes of our headquarters so you can get to um, to team building activities or quarterly meetings. But the things that people have been doing successfully from home during this pandemic, I think it's going to be very hard sell to get people to consider coming back to an office to sit in a designated cubicle. Um, working from home overall promotes higher levels of productivity. Um, Although a lot of us do miss the connection, right, which is where that value add comes in if you can say we're hybrid and we do need you in the office sometimes. Um, But those of us that are moms specifically, we're able to knock out a lot of daily activities um, in that five minute break, you know, go run and fill my coffee cup up, move the laundry, get back to my computer. Um, and that is not one of my favorite tasks. But the reality is we're all human beings and we all have these home things that have to get done. And so if we can't juggle them in the middle of things, and if we can't make use of that, while I make myself a really healthy salad for lunch instead of buying out, then all that stuff piles up for Saturdays, right? And now we also don't have Saturdays. So I think that that hybrid work environment is going to be highly sought after and very demanded at a minimum. And organizations that are not adopting that and considering that are going to start losing their talent really quickly. Um, One of the other 
real benefits to being hybrid is that being hybrid or remote is that young adults, those Gen Zs that are in the workforce are able to afford housing because they can go further out from the metropolitan areas. And with that, tax money starts to spread out to more rural school communities. So we we do a better job in that instance as well, creating better equity for, for our students in more rural communities. Um, and then other things start happening like infrastructure spreads out. Um, so there's a lot of value to our our cities and our communities to spread that work availability out. Well, that's a, that's a lot of impact for just one, one change. I mean, that's, that's a huge impact for one change, just changing the way we do our work. Well, it's so interesting because when we started the pandemic, I saw a whole bunch of articles start saying, CEOs need people back in the workplace because work productivity has declined. Well, of course it's declined. We didn't have the infrastructure in place for most organizations to send people working from home. Of course it's declined. We went from like being able to take our kids to school and daycare and have focus time to juggling all of it. Fazia, I am not kidding. That first three months, I think I made 7,000 corn dogs. 7,000. I mean, corn dogs. <laughs> My corn dog budget like quadrupled. Um, <laughs> well, you do I, have three boys. <laughs> I do, and two of them are teenagers, right? The tw- the the, yeah. tw- the the twins are teenagers, and so, um, of course, we had declines. But we are sixteen or seventeen months into this, and many organizations have found or built some version of in- infrastructure to allow for functional hybrid work or remote remote work. And absolutely, there are jobs where boots on the ground is absolutely necessary. There are, there are jobs that should not be work from home. Um, I, don't want my, I don't want my doctors working from home most of the time. I would like to have somebody that has trained hands-on. But there's telehealth, right, for certain things. And so there is flexibility being built into different kinds of careers. Um, yeah, but you don't want your electrician working from home. Can you imagine? They're like, I'll send you a YouTube video. Exactly. Or her. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There's certain you just cannot make that. You can't make it remote no matter how much you want to. Yeah. Where do you see things going over the next, you know, few years? Um, well, in the next few years, I anticipate organizations that are paying attention and really intentional will have more hybrid or remote activities or opportunities. I think that the organizations that evaluate what is happening right now will say all those meetings we did away with, it turns out we don't need them, right? Give people more time to dig into their knowledge base and, and be innovative. A lot of organizations are going virtual first or trying to explore virtual first. I think that that opens a lot of talent pools up for those organizations as well, right? You can get talent now from different parts of the globe, um, which impacts diversity in a positive way. Uh, Better diversity in the workforce creates more opportunities to explore new and unique ideas. So so I think a lot is going to change. And again, those organizations that are not willing to consider any virtual opportunities will struggle to, to gain and retain talent. 
Yeah, I, I do agree with that. I think it's it's we're we're living in some very interesting times right now. There's a lot of transition happening, and you can uh, you can be creative and find solutions, or you can just wait and see if anyone's going to go back to the old bit. You look at it, something's going to happen. Something's going to change. Um, something's going to change. I think yeah. one of the other things we'll see, Anna, this has been more recent, more and more organizations and more and more employers are starting to go, I don't know how much value is behind the college degrees. And so they're starting to think about skills-based degree, uh, skills-based hiring um, and training internally for those those hard skills. Um now, I am an educator at heart. I believe deeply in education. Education has taught me to ask the important questions, um, especially in building my own businesses, right? Um, I, I know enough to get in trouble. I know you've done some research on executive function and leadership. Uh, would you like to talk about that moving forward? Yeah, so I have spent some time specifically around trauma and leadership. Um, I, I I think that that's really what we are existing in in the last 16 or 17 months is a version of trauma, right? It's ongoing, unexpected circumstances that impact our ability to function on a day-to-day basis. Agreed, absolutely. So for some of us, that trauma has been less severe, right? We have the resources or access to resources or abilities to make intentional decisions. There is a quote that I heard in a TV show one time that just just, just gave me chills. And she said, you didn't make good choices. You had good choices. Um, and so some of us have had options to make good choices in the last 17 months That's not the case for every family. That has not been the case for every child. Um, And so I think it's really important that as we're moving back into whatever this new normal is, where we thought things were getting back to normal, but now we've got the Delta variant that's shifting things again, um, for leaders to recognize that this trauma in people's lives is very real and very prevalent. And I, for the longest time, thought of executive function and survival brain, or now I call it kind of basement brain um, or lizard brain. (laughs) Um, I do not believe that those two things are binary. You're not in one or the other. Um, I have started thinking of it more like an elevator shaft. And those of us with more resources have more floors to get up to our penthouse. Um, And some people don't have a penthouse because they don't have resources. They don't have access to information. They don't have good choices. Um, So, you know, 16, 17 months ago, I was in my penthouse, right? I was in my penthouse and then school closed for three weeks and I kind of dropped to my 11th floor. And then it closed for three more months and then I kind of dropped to my ninth floor. Um, And I was still functioning. I was high functioning. Um, But I remember really distinctly a point in time, um, probably about six months ago, kind of around that holiday season. um, And I walked in the living room and my husband goes, what's for dinner? And I I burst into tears, Fazia, uh, because I just, I couldn't think of any other solutions. I was completely 
tapped out. My lizard brain, my basement brain had completely taken over. Um, And I'm normally a fight response because I'm very action-oriented, very task-oriented. But even that had become like disabled. And all I could do was like back out of the room, slowly shaking my head. Like I just, I couldn't even function. And I am a very high functioning, very... Mm -hmm resourceful, very resilient human. Um, so, so we need to remember that every person over that we're interacting with in our leadership capacities, whether it's our community, whether it's our home, whether it's our formal organizations, all of those people are functioning in some version of probably not their penthouse brain, which means they might be close to dropping into that basement brain, right? It takes only a little, yeah. a little drop, a little thing to break that camel's back when you are already on the first floor. I I completely agree with you. And, and I see, I've seen more trauma in my clients in the last year and a half than I have in, I don't know, 25 years. So that's a lot. That That's, I think that's pretty profound. <laughs> and so um, I totally understand. I totally follow what you're saying. I, but the question, I guess, is, is how do we as a planet, because we are all traumatized, not just one country, not just one group, we are all traumatized. So how do we move forward? What, what do you recommend people do to get out of this trauma-based lifestyle that we're living That's a great question. And I think we get intentional. I think first acknowledging that we are there, right? I have heard people say, well, it's over now, but, but the scars are there. The trauma is there. The, the fear that we are not coming back from it is there. You look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that very bottom level is air, right? Like we literally have been in, in a space of wondering if our air is safe, because people are breathing near us, which is also super important. Um, So we acknowledge that people are living in a space of ongoing crisis. And then we reflect and we set goals and we, and we get intentional Mm -hmm. about caring for people. Um, And, and sometimes that's going to look like stepping back and saying, you know, I I need to recalibrate myself. And I need to understand if I am maybe living in basement brain, I need to understand, have I been responding in, um, in fight or flight? I think fight or flight a hundred years ago was probably easier to identify, right? Like we went to war or we got chased by bears or, um, things like that. Fight or flight looks different now, right? It's very complex. Yeah. Because even though you're, you know, in Maslow's, hierarchy, you've got basic needs at the very bottom. We have people who have much, we have people who have things at the higher levels, but they don't have the basic needs met. Like they're scared about what air they're breathing, but yet they have the really nice house. They have the nice job. They have the nice, whatever. It's very complex now. It's not what it used to be at all. (laughs) It's very complex. Um, And I think that taking time to ask, am I responding? And I like to ask people when they come to my retreats, what it would look like to, you know, bounce between our doing self and our thinking self, if we're an executive function versus if we are in our survival brain. And today in our environment, a very tech 
um, worlds and organizations, a person, a person in leadership that is potentially in their basement brain may say things like, we don't have time to consider that. We don't have time for that. We can't stop and think about that. We don't have time for brainstorming. Or they might say, I need more. I need more information. I need more information. I need more information. And they can't get to the place of making a decision. That's what lizard brain looks like today. We, we don't have the same identifiers because danger looks different. The chemical response in our bodies is exactly the same. Um, fascinatingly, and I only really thought of this recently and re recognized this recently, is even when we're contingency planning possible fallout, um, our body is still responding to those catastrophes too, the ones that haven't even happened. Um, so for myself hey, as a planner, as a, as a <laughs> contingency planner, um, I recognized, oh my gosh, I'm sending my body into fight or flight all the time. Um, so it looks different than it did. Yeah, even your backup plan and your backup plan to your backup plan is is potentially dangerous. Right. So it's scary. It's a very scary time we live in. Yeah. So what is your your best advice that you could give people right now? Find a way to calibrate and center. Find a way to honestly assess where you are at and reflect on the people around you and see if you can recognize some of those things that might look like those basement brain responses. Um, my retreats are not exclusive to those con that content or those concepts. So there's other resources out there. There's other wonderful books out there. Um, you know, Arbinger Institute puts out a lot of great stuff with anatomy of peace and um, outward leadership. So those are some great resources to dig into. But you have to be ready to acknowledge that, that you also might be in some of these cycles of just barely outside of basement brain. Yeah, I, and I think what makes it really tough is that we're all going through this at the same time. So it's not like you can kind of take a back seat and allow someone else to get through the process first. And it's like we're all dealing with it at the same time. And this is unprecedented. I mean, yes. we've never had anything like this to deal with before, um, at least in our lifetime. So it's it's very difficult, very challenging. Absolutely. Uh, we. Yeah, we have uh, just a few minutes before we close the show, and I'd like everyone to get your contact information one last time. Should they be interested in one of your wonderful retreats, feel free to go ahead and give that information. Yeah, so www.shatteredglassleaders.com. You can find the retreats page on that website. Please also follow us on social media, either Facebook or Instagram, so that you can stay apprised of the exciting things happening and the women in our history that have shattered the glass ahead of us, really paving the way for awesome innovations. Now, um, do you allow, um, do you also have men that participate in your, in your retreats or is it strictly women? It's strictly women. It's strictly women. Okay. Just want to make that very clear to our listeners so that, um, and if you are a man who feels you could benefit from um, this type of uh, retreat, uh, where would you recommend that they go? Are you there know, retreats for men out there? I haven't seen anything quite like I do. Um, I will say that they could participate in the virtual leadership challenges. Um, that would be an option to do the asynchronous 
uh, work that might that will launch in October, um, and we will explore what comes next at that point in time. Yeah, there, there you go. That might be something to consider for your future retreats. Maybe men need this as well, uh, because we are all dealing with some very difficult situations right now. So, um, yeah. So thank you, Dr. McGannick. I, I really appreciate you coming on today and giving us your valuable insights and information. Um, I wish you nothing but success. And um, I would like to also tell our listeners that if you're interested in um, meeting with me, you can call me at 480-648-1122. And I do offer free consultations. So feel free to give me a call. If you're interested in the um, radio show or the uh, upcoming magazine, Executive Function Magazine, feel free to register for the magazine. You can go to executivefunctioncoachaz.com and you can register for the magazine. Um, it is a quarterly magazine. It will come out in January of 2022. And we have an absolutely wonderful lineup um, of writers and we are featuring uh, Patty Hewlett, who is uh, actually a client of mine. And she was actually on the show a few uh, weeks ago talking about her recovery through um, her brain injury. And she is an absolute inspiration. Um, I think her story will be uh, an incredible story to read, especially during these difficult times that um, we've all been dealing with. So um, is there any last words that you'd like to say, Dr. Medianic? I'm sorry, it's like an echo in here. That's okay. Um, No, thank you so much for having me today. I look forward to staying in touch. And um, I just really appreciate your time sharing this opportunity with me. It was an absolute pleasure. You've, uh, you've been absolutely amazing. I really appreciate all the information you've shared today. And I look forward to maybe having you on the show again some other time we can talk about something a little bit different. So thank you again. And um, we look forward to seeing you all next week. And next week we have Dr. Steve Cohen. So he's going to talk about how your um, executive function skills could be mistaken for maybe eye issues. So um, tune in next week. Thank you for tuning in to Focus on Success. Please join your host, Fazia Costi, for another program next Wednesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again, have a great week. <laughs>